0: Hi, this is Brian Harden from Chicago, and you're now listening to the Decisive Podcast Series Special with your host, Roberto Q. Ingram.
1: Hello, everyone, everybody, and all of you. Welcome. You are listening to the Decisive Podcast Series special. I'm your host, Roberto Ingram. Glad that you're here with us, and I do hope you enjoy the program. It's May 8th, 2017. I am especially excited and enthused to have Mr. Brian Harden from the South Side of Chicago. This gentleman is well known since the early 80s, and he's still somehow managed to keep himself relevant to it today um he's been dabbing in and out of the music industry because of other businesses but i will let him tell you more about that during his interview i would like to encourage you to please go to our website at inspiration-network.podomatic.com there you will find information concerning all other artists that have, that have been on the program and uh can also listen to their music mix and their interviews and then if you like to hear the music in its entirety you can go to our soundcloud website which is soundcloud.com slash roberto ingram there you will find all that kind of information and uh yeah as i said before we would love to have you to uh please engage and let us know how you think what you think about what we're doing here and, and if uh, show your appreciation for the artists that uh take the time to to entertain you to the best of their ability and uh yeah with that said i'm excited to get on with the interview here with mr brian harden from chicago so really 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 a pleasure to meet you sir everybody we have mr brian harden from uh, uh relief records what else uh d3 elements what, how many other releases you have since the late '80s? <laughs>
0: uh, all the, since the '80s, I counted the other day. I did. I've done 153 tracks. Wow. So
1: it's at 153 tracks, 153 releases.
0: 153 tracks. So you know, average between three and four records, four tracks a record. So yeah. The, but uh, lately, since 2014, I've been on D3. um... Man, I can't remember all the labels. Let me, because I got them on, on okay. my wall. Do that. <laughs> yeah, the D3, what is this one on? Oh, su- Soul Print Recordings,
1: yeah, Perpetual. Print. Right, Perpetual Soul.
0: Uh, soul Print, that's uh print. my Beyond Chicago record.
1: Okay, the red one.
0: Yeah, oh, I did this on Colt. That's my Colt record. This one is uh, Sounds
1: of the City. Uh, I was on Sistrum. Oh, yeah. You know, that's uh, Patrice Scott's label. You know that's hot. Oh, yeah. That
0: that one did really well. Oh, I was on uh, Hizzle.
1: For those of you that are listening to the podcast, we are on video looking at uh, his wall full of uh, releases. <laughs> and um, he's, he's posted it on, I'm sure, on his Facebook page. You can also go there and check out the wall. But, yeah, mm-hmm. we were just reminiscing through what he is completed up until this date yeah he's been in and out for a while and he's back on track because he has his own business he's going to tell us about that i'm sure yeah. a little bit later here uh brian uh again it's uh really a pleasure to um actually reach out to you and get you to come on the decisive podcast i know you're very busy i had bought the d3 elements i think it was your your uh your your, your brian and release here let me grab it
0: okay Oh, there was a,
1: there was a, the Hakim Murphy release. Yeah, that's
0: all three elements. Yeah,
1: the, the D Knox and the, and the, uh, Dan Curtin and Terrence, uh, Parker release. Yeah. The Mike Clark and Terrence Parker, Brian Hart and Sean Deason.
0: All of these yeah, cats. That's for the label.
1: All of these cats. Um, what is the label about and, um, how did it come about?
0: Um, D3 actually found me on Facebook. Um, I was really new to Facebook at the time, so um, I was sitting there, and next thing I know, my computer just started blinking, and it was uh, Brian Herview, and um, he asked me to do a record for D3 Elements, and I would stopped producing for a while because of my business, and he asked me, he said, hey, Brian, do you, can you still do it? And I was like, yeah, I can still do it. This is kind of simple, and he's like, well, could you make me a track? And the first track I actually made was that Chicago to Detroit record.
1: Yeah. So is this like your go-to label now because you've been releasing a lot on them? Uh,
0: Brian now is like a brother from another mother. So most of my music go through him first. He's actually my agent now and he's my A&R now. So I'll produce probably 20 tracks a week. And I'll send them to Brian and Brian will say, you should sell this or you shouldn't sell it. So he's my, he's my guy now. So. You know, if he likes something, he'll take it, and he'll say, all right, yeah, you can. He said, we're already doing this, so we can do something else later with somebody else. Being
1: that you are a business owner, self-employed, how do you find the time to do 20 tracks
0: a week? Um, since I do on my own business, I make my own hours. So, you know, it's like today, I decided to work three hours and then come home and start tracking today. So it's just, you know, when I find the time. May I ask that profession? So I'm an auditor, an auditor. Uh, oh. Yeah, inventory audits for stores here in Chicago. And uh, are you born and raised in Chicago? Yes, born and raised Southside all day. (laughs) All day. Love to uh, sit.
1: May I ask a political question?
0: Oh, sure. Who did you vote for? Ooh, (laughs) Ooh, uh, no comments. All right. I (laughs) (laughs) I had an argument about that on Facebook today.
1: Mr. Trump has been selected, so.
0: Give him a chance. See what see what damage he causes. Well, yeah, it, it was a uh, it was a couple of bad choices in November. <laughs> Definitely a couple of bad choices.
1: After listening to really a lot of your releases in the last week, um, I find it very melodic, musical. And, you know, I uh, should unique in some ways, and and brings me to the question of whether or not you have musical. Uh, professional musical talent
0: no because um when i first got into music in the you know late 70s it was you know just my mother you know playing around with my mother's piano and things of that nature and when in 82 83 i really got into music by uh, Paul Harcastle, um, Axel F, and uh, artists like that, which was more, you know, an electronic music. So I, I was, I became interested in music at that point. And then when house music took off, I was one of those kids that's recording mixes at, you know, midnight or one p you know, one AM in the morning, to listen to the Hot Mix Five and things like that. And I figured that, right. you know, I can make that music too. So and if you notice, if you go to any of my music in the nineties, most of it's called instinctive. Because even today i I just make my music off instincts. So I've never learned how to play. Everything is instinctive and You know, I've I've been around artists that know how to play like Glenn Underground, Roy Davis, and you know, you learn some things here and there, but everything I make is very instinctive. I have no idea before I sit down in the studio, before what I'm going to make, what I'm going to make it.
1: And with that said, how long does it, you said instinctive, how long does it take for someone to just grab a machine or I don't know if you use hardware or software and just go in there and start making such I mean it sounds so simple and easy when some guys like, like Roy Davis and everyone else been doing it all
0: their life James Brown and you know what I've met a couple of those cats I've met a, you know, I've met a couple of big artists and the funny thing is most artists do it like that you know you have an idea in your head uh, I think the hardest part about making music is to take that the idea out of your head and put it into the keyboard and you know I, I feel you know somebody that's really perfect at that is like Glenn Underground, um, you know. But you know, a lot of a lot of artists, they have an idea, and it just goes in, and it's was really hard to explain because when I start touching this keyboard, I go into a zone, and I just. You know, I I have my progressions. I have, you know, the way I, you know, the way I layer a track and it just, just come out and I like, wow, I love it, Then, You know, we put it up.
1: Actually, Glenn Underground is actually a perfect keyboardist.
0: He's one of those guys that when, if you go to a studio, you'll, you'll be wild. Uh And you so you can say that you got your keyboard skills from Glenn Underground and Roy Davis Jr. No, I, I, I used to watch them play. Watch. They never taught me how to play keys. It's just, you watch people and you see, you know, you see how to make a track because a lot of people, a lot of producers that come over here, they have a hard time knowing the progress on how to make a track, how to make a track progress without overproducing tracks. A lot of guys, they, they either overproduce a track or, you know, they keep it too simple. So, you know, those two guys taught me like, you know, this is. You know, these are the 25 steps you need to do to make a track and a lot is that and so that influence is from
1: your parents you said disco jazz
0: yes <laughs> uh, i grew up in disco since the early 70s um my mom and dad we had a high five remember one of those Yo, remember okay. that we <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, had <laughs> a high five at right. the eight, <laughs> eight track with the turntable on top of yeah exactly you just have to, have, to, have to put a quarter on it and all that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: So, you know, going through that in the 70s and my mother's playing, you know, James Brown, and Pointer Sisters, and, you know, I love disco. I love dance music. And I also love craft work. And I also love the other that I have. So, you know, that combination just was, it's house. And I loved it from the beginning.
1: How did, how did... Herbie Hancock, Herbie
0: Hancock, excuse me, uh,
1: influenced you?
0: Oh, uh, with Rocket. Rocket, it was, that was the record that took me over the edge. It was like, okay, you need to do this music. So it, after I heard Herbie Hancock, I really, you know, start begging my mom to please buy me a drum machine, please buy me this, please buy me that. You know, she supported my career,
1: so you know, and here I am today. I would love to add on to that story. I, re- I remember it was uh, early '90s. Uh, I was dancing on Soul Train. It was uh, based oh. in West, West Los Angeles. Oh yeah. Uh, and I was there for an episode and saw Herbie Hancock on live on stage with his DJ DST. Oh. And, uh, when I saw oh, wow. him scratching, <laughs> I think, I think uh, <laughs> months later, I had turntable in and a <laughs> mixer, and every day. Buying records and just and just going at it. Uh, so, H- exactly. Her- Herbie Hancock is a very very uh, inspirational figure, I would say. Huh. And yeah. the um, uh, the comeback. Why the comeback?
0: Uh, the comeback was all uh, Brian Hervey out of D3 Elements. Um, I, w- I wasn't a fan of Facebook. Uh, I really did believe it. It was just for kids, and um, Spacey Kid told me I need to get on Facebook. So I was like, okay. He was like, look, Brian, people are still playing your music. And I was like, I, I didn't believe it. So I got back on Facebook and Brian heard you. He asked me, you know, he asked me to do it again. And and he, he asked me, after he asked me to do it, and I did Chicago to Detroit, he was like, I love Chicago to Detroit, can you do two more? So I did the Kunu track and I did the Days of Days track and then when you put it out, you know, it sold out in three days. So it was like, oh, okay. I guess they still feeling what I'm doing. So I just continued to do it. Does, and this,
1: inspire, for- does this inspire you now to
0: rethink going into the garage again? <laughs> I mean, does it oh, keep you? Oh man, just, you know, just the fan support, you know, that you know, just the fan support keeps me going. Um, You know, I get, you know, if my Facebook blows up and, I actually talk to everybody that actually hits, you know, inboxes me or whatever. I talk to every one of them, and they keep me going. When they call, when they tell me that they love my music or my music inspired them in some way, it keeps me coming to the studio. I, I love making this music, and I love the sound of it.
1: How did this relationship with Patrice uh, Scott? How did that come about?
0: Patrice Scott? It was it was all about Chicago to Detroit. Um, when Chicago to Detroit came out all the, it was a bunch of labels like, oh my goodness, Brian is back. So everybody started hitting me up and Patrice was one of them. And I didn't know who he was. So I called Brian and Brian was like, man, Patrice Scott is it. And I was like, let me hear his music. And when I heard his music, I was like, oh my God, this dude this beat a bomb. <laughs> so, I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's somebody I would love to work with. And you know, he was like, hey, let's do an EP together. He's like, I like your older stuff. He was like, let me put out some of the older stuff. And I was like, it's yours. (laughs) It it just happened like that. And you know, we actually have been talking about uh, doing another EP together and doing an EP actually producing together. So that's, that's on the agenda in the future. And what is the
1: first release that put you on the map?
0: The my first, my very first release. Mm-hmm. They put you on the, uh, the my very first release that people talk about is my uh, relief records. Uh, my inner in- not the inner instinct, my animal instinct EP. Right. Uh, but people don't know that that wasn't my first record. And I groove? did a pre-
1: on Moves and groove, right?
0: No, Moves and groove was actually probably my seventh record. Okay. I was I was on relief in '93. I was on. Nightlife Collective in 97, which I did my Inner Instinct album, and I did seven records off of just Nightlife Collective.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. 60. That was yeah, that was really, that was really housey. That was a really um, adult housey music. I remember the, a
0: lot of vocals. Yeah, I did vocal samples and things like that. And then I went down to Miami and then I met Mike Grant from Moots and Grooves. And he was like, hey, Brian, I would like you to do an album with me. And I was like, no problem. And I flew back to Chicago. He flew from Detroit to Chicago. And he came to my studio and we knocked out an album. And then I went to Detroit and finished the album over there. So that's how that happened in 2001. But my first record was actually on Dance Mania out of Chicago. <laughs> I, used to, I, used to, um, I used to do, actually, hip house records. I did music. So And I did a record called uh, Do You Want to Get Funky? Right. So... And then um, that was on the radio and things like that when I was still in high school. And then um, Pierre from My Future heard it. And he was like, hey, Brian, we want to do a hip house. He was signed a jive at the time. And he said, Brian, we want to do a hip house record for jive because Mr. Lee is over at jive. He just did get dizzy and things like that. Wow, Mr. So Lee. Oh, acid yeah. House acid. Uh, Chicago acid house and uh, a hip house. Yeah, OK, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, then, uh, so me, Pierre, Spanky, and her from Future, we all got a deal with Jive for a Hip House record, and we did a record called. Yeah, and we did Movie Dance. But then, right after that, uh, when Jive was about to put the record out, Hip House died. So the record was never released. And I was on a contract with Jive for two years, so I couldn't make any music then. So then, I moved to Milwaukee for my for job purposes, and Glenn called me and said, "Brian, do you still know how to do house music?" I was like, "Yeah." Everybody asked me that (laughs) because I take these little breaks, and I was like, "Yeah." And he told me,
1: "Do you still know how to do house music?" That's a good one.
0: Okay, exactly. It's like riding a bike, man. (laughs) But um, he's like, "Hey, Brian, come back to Chicago." And, you know, there's a guy named um, Cashmere that's taking a lot of guys making house music. I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I went over to his house, and, you know, he had a beautiful studio even back then. And yeah, we did the um, Animal Instinct record.
1: You're not, are you DJing these days?
0: Very rarely. I used to DJ a lot in the 90s. And after I put up the music, I put up my turntables, I put up my keyboards and everything else. And now I'm getting right back into DJing. um, I'm gonna start doing sets in January. I mean, uh, July and August of this year.
1: Now, your formulas, how do you, if you sold everything, what does a Brian Harden studio of 2017
0: look like today? I have to repurchase everything. i have some. find oh shit. sorry <laughs> that's great
1: that's all right no problem yeah. if you can
0: see it now that's keyboard uh, apollo computer big strings, things like that
1: <laughs> what is your primary instrument um i see you have a machine is that machine there
0: no uh, i'm using reason this reason. is the keyboard a uh mk mpk61 that's uh-huh. what i use them for. that's it
1: so mostly in box yeah
0: yeah, everything is uh you know through the reason, so I use the sounds for the reason and I uh, follow. And and how did
1: you find attachment to reason and why?
0: Um, uh, I have a you. What is what is the magic? Oh, um, well I like reason because of the sound of reason. Reason has a very very warm sound, and a lot of people like my warm sound of my music. Um, there's a guy that he builds studios, and when I told him that I was you know, was thinking about doing it again. He told me, hey, Brian, you know, we need to, you should work on reasons. It's very easy to learn. And, you know, I didn't know anything about DAWs at the time, and I just fell in love with it, you know, with everything right there. And, you know, I've learned how to master it, and and I'm a master at reasons now. And, you know, I go over a lot of other people's studios, and they're using Pro Tools or they're using uh, Machine or whatever, and I've tried it, and nothing will replace reasons for me. I love how, Reason. How long how long did it take you to
1: master the, the program? Six months. Okay. Day in, day out, or
0: uh no, just you know, just playing with it. Reasons is very, very simple to use. Um, you know, most most of the people uh complain about the sound of reason, but you know, reason has a you know, a certain way you have to EQ it to make it sound the way you want to. I I just love it personally. But yeah, it didn't take long, like six months. It was cool.
1: Um, now that you, are found yourself back in the swing of things, are there, could you say that there's any inspirational figures for you these days after you done heard it all, maybe have done it all or whatever, is there, are there, I mean, does music, does there any artists, musicians, producers that keep you inspired on your private time, on your, that just keeps you motivated musically, uh,
0: um, oh, uh, um, man. (laughs) <laughs> you got me thinking here.
1: It's um, good. I want. I, I, it's it's very important for me because <laughs> be, only because I I see that you've done so much musically that
0: yeah um you know, that's something that I do talk about a lot because a lot of people asking are like hey Brian you know you did your stuff in the 90s you did some right. stuff in the 2000s, right. and you here in 2017 and and you know I credit it to I can't pinpoint one artist. It's, you know, people send me mixes from around the world, and it's just, it's a lot of incredible talent out there. So it's like, to me, I'm just trying to keep up. Even though people, you know, say I'm a legend or whatever, I'm trying to keep up with the younger guys. They, they're they doing it. Um, there's a lot of guys out there that's really doing this.
1: Are there they, are they any live bands you go to, to that you pay attention to? That you...
0: If, if you know what? There is a musician, and I'm it's, I'm really sad to say I can't remember his name. I really want to go to my iPhone and just get his name go for ahead, you. Do right?
1: it. Go ahead and do it. It's all right. We can it. Sure. Exactly. He
0: does piano jazz. Robert Glasper. That's it. Robert
1: Glasper, right. Okay, great.
0: Yeah, it's Robert Glasper, and I actually met him in Chicago. and uh, <laughs> So, I'm a fan of his music and he was a fan of mine. It was a beautiful thing, man.
1: What is it that he does that inspires you so much?
0: Is it his songwriting? His it- songwriting. Yeah, it's definitely his songwriting. Uh, it's, uh, the, the way he plays is, is really incredible to me and I can't play like that, but it gives me ideas of how a song can progress outside of the house music genre. So that's, like you will say, that some of my music sound unique is because I try to do everything that's, that's not typical of making a house track. So, you know, I, I do a lot of unorthodox things with tracks and, you know, a lot of um, minute things, um, you know, just to try to be different than everybody else. I, I, I try to tell people all the time, I even put it on Facebook, you know, gain your own style so you won't imitate others. You know, try, try to be as unique as possible when it comes to making music.
1: You're you 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 a family man, are? Huh? Oh yeah, definitely. And how does your family take on this house music? Oh,
0: yeah. You know, I, since I've been doing it for so long, my family is you know grown up with it. So I have they they love it as well. You know they you know they, they cherish it. They you know you said I got the records on the wall, so mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> when the family comes over, they like, oh my god, look at the records and. You know, that's only half the wall. I have
1: another wall that has more records on it. Wow. And um, uh, let's get back to your, um, your releasing. Your next release is when?
0: Uh, later this year. Um, but it's, I usually put out four records a year. And um, I decided to take a break at the beginning of this year. And I get hit up every day and talking about, you know, they want me to do a record. So I just told Brian, I'm going to sell him an EP. And um, I can't remember the label, but I sold three records in the last two days. So there's some things gonna be coming out of later this year.
1: Is there a preference between mediums, uh, digital,
0: and vinyl? You... I, I I prefer I prefer vinyl. Uh, I like music you can hold on to. We just have to be smart and you know understand when you know craziness is afoot. Um, Chicago is very rough. And, even in my business, some of my my clients are in bad areas, and you know you just have to be, you know, just pay attention and just not get caught up in it. Even with my kids being, you know, teenagers, I gotta teach them not to get caught up in that uh, malarkey and things like that. So it's okay. Yeah. You just have to be smart and just teach them.
1: So you would say that your parents were great role models in keeping you,
0: oh yeah, out of the heat. Oh, huh? yes. They, they kept me on the straight and narrow. I love both of
1: them. You know, it, I, you know, they kept me on the straight and narrow, narrow all the time. Well, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the, on the program, man. And um, um, I'm really looking forward to the, the the next releases. And I'm glad that you could actually find the time to get with me. And, um, yeah, this is a Decisive Podcast Series special. And uh, I wanted to thank Mr. Brian Harden again from Chicago for uh, lending us his time and telling us a little bit about himself and um, we wish him all the best of luck on his comeback. Um, thank you. And um, yeah, I look forward to some really great stuff from you. and the, uh, His podcast and music you can hear live with uh, without interview um, in about a week. But uh, as you know, we I always post the uh, podcast with the interview because i want you to know more about the people behind the music and what they're doing and uh and what, hopefully their story can be an inspiration to you and uh, with that said we're signing off with a decisive podcast series special with mr brian harden and i'm your host roberto ingram hope you enjoy the show and uh hit us up at uh matter of fact you can hit up brian harden where <laughs>
0: Uh, on Facebook, just Brian Harden. Uh, Our Brian dot net is my email
1: address. Yes, and then you can go to Podomatic. That's inspiration.podomatic.com com, where the uh, for the website, and then also on Facebook, and then for the uh, the podcast without the interview, you can go to um, SoundCloud. That's uh, SoundCloud dot com slash Roberto Ingram, and there you will find the the mix with, in its entirety without me speaking at all. With that said, enjoy your week. Peace out. Peace out. She wants to be green and sand come to the end of this podcast must say it was great music lots of instrumentation great journey very mystique and also classic all in one with mr brian harden our guest for the decisive podcast special as we sign off i also like to remind you that this month we have coming up fbk from detroit we also have mr Leo Paso from Thema Recordings, uh, New York and uh, Berlin. We also have Mr. Pedro Fulharos from the Moondance uh, events in Split. We also have Alvaro Valia from Los Angeles bringing a very classy house music set. We also have our Mr. Ludwig Rausch from our music uh, from our Munich exclusive podcast version with all that coming up this month i want to wish you all the best in what you're doing for the week and hope whatever you're doing you listen to some fine music and having a great time doing that peace out until the next podcast i'm roberto q ingram your host signing off peace out
2: This groove won't get you into it. Just let it be Don't fight this shit Just take your time And let it hit Come inside my house This groove will get you into it Deep inside your love Is where I want to be I got you in my mind so just let it be at the disco you can set your spirit free yeah move your body through the fog now rock with me Just take your time